Welcome to the Light Gray Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Knoll. I'm Jenny Bookler. I'm Chris Heine. And I'm Francesca Bushko. And this week we're talking about the nature, and I put that in air quotes that everybody loves, of Mm -hmm. creativity. Leading up to this uh, conversation, we've had many thoughts about how messy things can be and how ridiculous the world is, but how somehow there are a ton of different analogies, nature analogies, that we need to tell you today and how it relates (laughs) to... To how things go in the art world. So before we do that, we have a couple things to tell you about. Uh, Mark your calendars for October 30th from 7 to 10 p.m. We have the Cosmos opening where we've got 100 amazing pieces of astral, beautifully cosmic artwork um, up on the walls that are not only uh, luxurious. Astral hot bods. Hot bods. (laughs) (laughs) This is what we should have written for the press release. But... um, they will be illuminated. Uh, thank you. I was, looking, yes. I was like, what is yes. it? So Jenny, tell us about the Cosmos and what that is. Sure. So the show, like you're saying, has 100 artists from all over the world. Each artist was given a different constellation or astral body that they have been depicting. And so they've created beautiful illustrations that tie in the metaphors and the meaning um, behind these really interesting sort of cosmic forces. Uh, so a lot of the images call some of the like Greek mythology or zodiac symbolism that's inherent in these um, constellations or sort of messages from the sky. And so we have created a uh, 100 artist tarot deck uh, that will be a part of the exhibition. So it'll be the first chance you can see the project in person, the physical object. Um, And it comes with a 150 page guidebook where you can read all about the messages and meanings, give tarot readings, um, sort of see what the cosmos have in store for you. And so if you could make it out that day, again, it's October 30th from 7 to 10 p.m. And we have a couple fun events. Um, First of all, uh, I want to thank everybody who came to the last one last week. We had a tarot reading class where we taught everybody how to read the Major Arcana. And we've got another one coming up on October 15th. And we're going through the Minor Arcana. So again, if you have a tarot deck at home and you have no idea what to use uh, it for and you (laughs) want to figure out how to do this more confidently, you can come on over. Um, We have a free class for you. It's 7 to 10 p.m. on October 15th. And again, we're reading tarot together. So you can Mm -hmm. learn all about the symbols there and get ready for the Cosmos show. So um, we have a couple game nights coming up, don't we, Chris? Yeah, we always have a couple on tap, and we have the next one on Thursday, October 8th from uh, 6.30 to 9.30 p.m., and it is mystical, so we're going to be playing games that fit into this mystical vibe that Lindsay and Jenny are throwing off for the the tarot workshops. Um, And just to let you know, we have one two weeks after that that is called Cosmos, so we'll be playing Mm. games. Like Cosmic Encounter? possibly cosmic encounter anything space related or yeah also kind of in that mystical vein as well nice science fiction or mystical either cosmos variety yeah aliens are scary (laughs) i'm sure they're around somewhere so i'm sorry to all the aliens that are listening to our podcast i like that there's there between now and last year there's probably enough new games that you can have brand new topics every two weeks for the rest yeah. of your life i thought you were party. gonna say brand new aliens and that was <laughs> for the rest <laughs> of your life too probably. probably 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 yeah it gives chris a uh, reason to go buy some more games which he's really into yeah. yeah yeah it's fun so um we i'm sure have some other things coming up we these do days. we actually this is 
this is a ways away, but we are just closed the Call for Art for the Bowerbird exhibition, which is going to be coming this December. December 4th is the opening reception. Um, and we will be announcing all the great artists that will be a part of that project this week. So take a look on the Likery blog um, and the Facebook page and stuff too, and you'll find all the information for that show. Yeah, and thanks to everybody who put their names in the hat for that one. We're really excited. The Bowerbird show is all about curating your own collections whether it's accidental or on purpose a lot of us have things at home that are more than four of something and so we're really interested in seeing how people collect and what types of things they have uh either displayed perfectly somewhere in their uh curio cabinet or if it's uh in a pile (laughs) somewhere (laughs) so i know we all have our piles of things i certainly have plenty of piles so that's coming up on December 4th. So thanks again to everybody who put their name in the hat for that. So we have some other calls for it happening really soon. Um, again, we'll let you know as soon as those are up, but keep an eye on the blog. It's lightgrayartlab.com slash blog, and you might find a new one popping up there pretty quickly. So um, if you get a chance, you should also quick take a peek at all the amazing artists that are part of our Iceland residency uh, 2016. Again, it's right on the front page. You can click on the big button, like rareatlab.com, just right on the front and see what the program is about. So uh, we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks, but we're really very excited for all these people to come with us next year on a big adventure. So there you go. So speaking of wild, uh, beautiful landscapes and luxurious places, or maybe not so luxurious and, and just wild and exciting I tend to think about all of the animals that have had to survive in various conditions all over the world, mostly because I watch a lot of documentaries, but also because it just is life, right? Mm -hmm. So here we are sitting in our studio today thinking about the creative process and how we have to jump through a ton of hoops just to survive as creatives. (laughs) So... Um, we had a really big brainstorm before the podcast about plenty of different animal analogies or nature analogies, and we thought this was kind of a great topic to explore all of the nuances of how these things are intertwined. So Francesca and I were talking last night, and she brought up the concept of, you said it more eloquently than I'm going to say. Baby turtles. Baby turtles. (laughs) Yeah, it actually came up in a previous discussion, and I was like, I like that one, but... I was talking about how when I complete a project or when I'm working on a project for a long time that I really like, it's the one that survived out of like a billion. Like I've have, I have so many unstarted projects. So it's kind of like baby turtles or baby sea turtles. So what are you, a mother turtle? Are you the mother turtle? Yeah, I'd be like, I guess I'd be a mother turtle. You're an egg. You're an egg? (laughs) No, the, the projects are like eggs. So... And maybe it's better to say ideas, but I'm going to say projects because they hopefully will become completed projects by the end. But some projects, like eggs, do not even hatch. They just stay in your head. And some of them make it outside, but they end up falling flat before, you know, it really picks up. And some of them make it, but most of them don't, you know. So So you go out into the world and you poop out your clutch of eggs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All at once in your sketchbook, right? Well, not, not all at once, but okay. yeah. I wish then, I did. That would be cool. That would be great. <laughs> I'd be like, sometimes. okay, let's go. Half hour. Uh, oh, okay. Some Sometimes there's more eggs. Sometimes there's fewer eggs. But so how how do you know which ones are the most likely to survive? 
I don't. That's the thing that I think is interesting. And that's why I remember, and, and I could be completely wrong about this, because the last time I heard this, like, science piece about sea turtles was, I, I was, like, in high school or something. But the the thing about it is, is that's kind of sad, and that I was mad about when I first heard it, is that they're not all expected to survive. Like, the reason they have so many eggs is that, you know, only a couple make it, and you're just kind of helping your odds by having a lot of baby eggs you know Mm -hmm. but you don't know which ones are going to make it odds are the biggest ones in real life so or in in nature so I imagine the ones that you the ideas that you spend the most time on the ones that have the most like backing the ones that you can fit like you can kind of sort of guess if you're like well this project I have time to do this project I have the resources to do this project so odds are this one's going to make it there's other ideas that I have a billion ideas that like, like just like flicker ideas. Like, I don't know if you guys have this, but, or Chris, like when you're thinking of a game idea, you'll probably think of a ton and then maybe consider possibly pursuing one of them, you know? Yeah. I guess there's a lot of ideas where you're just like, I could do that. And then you're like, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or so I was it dead, never really even had a life at all. It, it technically was an idea, but it had... It was an unhatched egg, yeah. I guess. Well, I guess right. I would my question is egg. then if if you don't poop out all your eggs at once, <laughs> do you ever just lay one egg and hope for the best? Uh, you know what? I think I used to. In fact, I know I used to because I remember in like early college slash high school, I wanted to make like these big, long, epic stories. I would write them forever and I'd work on them forever. And I, I basically had like two in my entire life of these big long ones. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And that didn't work out so well for me because those things still haven't been completed. (laughs) You know, like I had put all of my energy into this thing and it probably, they weren't that great. You know, like they, they weren't, they wouldn't hold up now. Well, let's, let's talk about this for a second. So, so of course humans, unless they're real lucky and have like a bunch of quadruplets or something they really usually have one thing yeah. that they nurture right yeah right so the difference between a mom turtle and a, and a human mother <laughs> is that they the mom turtle's like here you go and then just goes off into sea and just doesn't doesn't come back to go and look after the little baby so there no. is no nurturing in that case something just nope. happens to just show up and something survives whether it was by the environment or the the baby turtles like own initiative or something or just luck or something but then you have on the opposite side you have a baby human or some or a baby project a baby project that is along the way helped and nurtured and your parents sit there and try and feed you right and, you know, make sure you're not pooping on yourself or like, you know, just clean you up when you're scraped up and all that kind of stuff. They don't, they're not just like, figure it out, small baby. So, so I was going to ask you about that. So do you feel like, um, when we're talking about having a million ideas, just kind of coming out at once and actually pursuing one, do, do you feel like when we talk about the concept of nurturing certain things, that that idea the last baby turtle that survived, do you feel like that was also due to the fact that that you might have nurtured it also instead of just abandoned it at the coast? I guess that's true. Increasingly, I think these days, I kind of look back at like picking that one project and babying it forever, like nostalgically. And I think I sort of miss it because there's something really special about like just 
going with something that you you just like like you don't have any good reason to like it you just do it's just maybe an attachment or like a nostalgia or some it's your favorite baby yeah 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 <laughs> well if you have one then you're just like sure but i don't know i i guess i didn't take the analogy so far as to think like yeah you're right the the mom turtle kind of leaves them but the thing that acts on those baby turtles and the thing that acts on your your project ideas is the rest of the world. So it could be finances, it could be time, it could be do you have other people that are willing to help you because you can't do the whole thing by yourself. What I kind of like about that though is like when you think about the baby turtle analogy and you're like, okay, there's a bunch of eggs and some of them are going to make it and some of them aren't going to make it. Like I like the idea that there are enough of them that something has a chance. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I also like the idea that some of them have legs on their own to right. to grow somehow. You know, some of your yeah. projects might just be, you know. You throw do, it out there. Yeah, you throw it out there and maybe somebody else picks it up. Maybe yeah. somebody goes and is like, I'm going to nurture this thing now. Yeah. So well, I wonder, um, there is, this isn't, Nobody was like, this is a baby turtle analogy, but they are talking about um, like high school students in an art class and like they have the entire semester to make a nice drawing. And so there's like half the class that makes one drawing and like pokes around at it for an entire semester and mm-hmm. tries to come up with like the best drawing they can. I think most time this analogy is with like pottery or yeah, something. Yeah, I was going to say this is like... Oh, yeah, like pottery. Uh, So they're making like one nice pot and they're spending the entire semester on this one pot or the group that's like quantity and they make as many as they possibly can. Like that group, even if the pot they made took like five minutes to make, it's probably better than the person who like poked around at the same pot for an entire semester or the same drawing, you know, and it's the same concept. So instead of thinking of the nest of eggs as a million different projects it's like it could be variations on the same project you know because I think that's more easier to comprehend because like you're saying you don't poop out 10,000 ideas at the same time or 100 ideas at the same time right it is I mean variations of the same thing that you're like which one of these is the better version yes and I that I do like that concept as well in in like like for instance when you guys come up with, when you're talking about show concepts, I know there is a lot of talk and ideating and coming up with millions of ideas. So you pick one or two or three, maybe a couple that you're going to actually pursue. So there is that too, that, that idea that when you are coming up with, like you're, you're aiming for a singular thing, you will do many all right at once. So there's that, that's one analogy. And then the other one I was thinking about, it, it was less about making all the ideas at once and more about like kind of randomly throughout your life. You come up with all these ideas. Like I have a tendency to feel bad about my uncompleted things. Like I, like you carry them as burdens. You know, you're like, well, I kind of failed like 50 times that I might have finished once, you know, and, and I inherently will like kind of feel guilty about that but then when looking at it this way it feels better because I realize like they can't I can't make 50 completed projects like there's no way that would even be viable for well, me I, with- I feel like so if you're a mom turtle and you're you've got a, a little bit of detachment about what happens after these things are just kind of like you're like a bunch wow. of ideas you know like yeah. I think it's kind of liberating to know that that is your role 
is to put some ideas down and if something works great and if it doesn't fine you at least like had the initial kind of spark to try to do something which yeah. i think is like really interesting but then i also think too you know, we talk about the concept of people leaving a legacy and about putting a bunch of ideas down. And even if you don't nurture every single one to fruition, I feel like, you know, that piece of whatever you put down as a concept in your sketchbook, or if you're talking to somebody, you say, wouldn't this be cool? I feel like all of that stuff is almost like you're passing down little bits of your DNA to some other place, even if, you know, it right. takes another person to... To help make it survive after a while. Do you do you guys find that you, when you come up with ideas, is it, you probably do both, but I'm just going to ask, is it more of a scattered process throughout a long period of time? Or is it more of like, I got to sit down and like churn out 20 different concepts? I, I know you've done both, but which do you kind of prefer or gravitate towards? Um, I don't think that... If you're talking specifically about how do you narrow down, like, do you just try or and more like, just like, how do you like when you for you for you, like I can specifically think of like show ideas. Yeah. Is it more sporadic throughout a long period of time or is it or even in your personal work? Like, Jenny, when you're coming up with a concept for a, a bigger project, uh-huh. Do you, are you like, I got to do this now? Or is it like... Kind of. I mean, I was actually, when I was envisioning these baby turtles, <laughs> I was picturing it as like a weird incubation period. Like you're, you have all these things and you're putting them underground and then waiting for them to like resurface and putting them through the test quick before you decide if they're like something to do. And so anytime I'm working on something, like I might have ideas, but it might take a long time for it to come to something it might come back later on you know well see I think for me it's almost like the, the concept of like there is a moment when all animals are in heat and you have to do it that time because that's exactly what happens right and, and you might right. not have a choice because you're like this is just how nature yeah. has it go right and I feel like that's more like how my stuff goes is that I it where it's like it's time like, it's time for ideas. It's yeah. time to have a bunch of baby turtles. You know, like, there's yeah. there's hardly any choice in there. And so you poop out a bunch of baby turtle eggs. And yeah. then at that point, you might stick around and nurture yeah. one of them. Well, I'm sure it's you know? easier to go with the current of whatever's happening, too, where they're like, all the whales in this area right this second are putting out all their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's a lot of the time. Yeah. No, that's exactly what it is. It's yeah. just like you're in a, you're in a easier, community of yeah. stuff. You see the signs that this is going to happen, and all of a sudden you're like, well, if I don't take advantage of this right now, I'm never going to pass on any genes to any person ever again. (laughs) So you might as well do it while you're sitting there and everybody else is sitting there. It's time to swim upstream. (laughs) Yeah, well, you're like, everyone else is doing it. It's going to make it easier for me. You know what I'm saying? I feel like like the whole entire concept of what we do in the product design universe is exactly the same. There are certain trends and certain themes that you can recognize that are coming. It's almost like you realize... Like, there is like a there's all these horrible analogies no it's, but it's it's exactly like this there's there's a million things that you can see from like a mile away that you get hints that the migration is coming or you you know you get hints that these things are going to happen and you, you're like if i'm not on this train by the time it leaves i have missed out and that's you know 
I sit there and I'm watching like all my David Attenborough things. And as you guys know, that's on, that's what's on my mind these days because of Bowerbird and whatever else. But but you think about it and you're like, like Inktober. Every yeah, single know. time I don't do it, I, I always feel bad. <laughs> you know? I got sucked into it this time. No, I do too. I did, and I. I am a petulant, horrible person. So every year I'm like, nope, not going to do it. And this year I actually came. You're like it. swimming upstream forever. But like Inktober, you're you're like, I know it's coming and I better mm-hmm. do it on the first or I'm not going to be involved because you can't really start on the fourth. I mean, you can, but then you, you feel sort of dumb that you didn't do it with the rest of everybody else. But exactly uh, yeah, like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if. But you even, even say you didn't start on the first, like whenever it happened like whenever there's one of those challenges going on if you have a bit of free time and you're like looking at the internet you're like "Eh, whatever i'll just try it right now whereas when it's not going on you might not even consider that it's sort of just like it's it's it is breeding like it is concepts and ideas yeah it totally is yeah I feel like that's exactly how it feels, too. Yeah, well, the cool thing is, like, what you are just saying, if, so I'm going to go back to these whales, like, all in the same place again. Like, you are just saying breeding ideas. It's the same thing, or, like, breeding. Like, you're in a community with a bunch of people. You see these other people doing it, and you're like, I could do that, too. We could all do it. Like, I don't know. Actually, you're spurring and breeding ideas. That makes me think of two things. One, I thought of, I will always remember the punk rock um, lecture with Ollie Stench. Ollie Stench, yep, thank you. And like when he talked about how it developed, which I thought was fascinating, which it, and if you, you should listen to the podcast, it's really, really good. But he talks about how it kind of happened all over at the same time because of the conditions. It also makes me think of, and Jenny, I hope you can uh, inform this better because I'm not a good art historian, <laughs> but like during like, for instance, the Impressionist period when oh sure when everybody sort of... was just like, let's, let's all just do this. We should all just go paint outside yeah. and, use, and use these techniques and use this kind of paint and kind of like it, everybody's art was kind of informed by everybody else's art and I know that happens like in every artistic movement. Yeah. But... Well, there's like a bigger subconscious thing that happens. You know, there's no real origin. So let me ask yeah. you guys a question. How much of that do you think is the environment? So here's where this is coming from. So two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I was doing a project with my class where we were doing a um, tiny series of four pieces of uh, natural elements. And they had to pick like a theme that was similar, but each individual object within that theme had a difference. So... I brought up the fact that I was watching 72 or whatever, 72 most dangerous animals, and they all happen to be living in Australia. Yep. <laughs> and I was thinking no about it. Yeah. And, I, and it's funny because the whole beginning of that show, they say, oh, this, you know, Australia is this landlocked or, or the sea locked thing, or I don't even know what they said, but they were like, it's this island that everything in there has had to fight to survive. And so that's where the most dangerous creatures are. And you think about it and you're like, if you liken that to any creative community and a, a bunch of people doing insane things or interesting things and you have an atmosphere that puts the pressure on you to have to like make it, you have to make it or you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. the, you think about how many people or how many creatures have had to, to adapt to their surroundings in order to figure out what their special thing is in order not to be eaten or not to be taken advantage of or to be able to to, to do the things that they were meant to do. And I mm-hmm. always think about that. Um, and so 
how much of that do you think is environment? If you're sitting there and you have a bunch of people around you doing amazing things, how much does that, I mean, do you, do you decide that you are going to adapt on your own? Are you joining in on whatever they're doing? Are you influenced by the activity or the, the tension or like, Individuals, well, I'm sure, has a different way of thinking about this. But yeah. what about you guys? When you're sitting and surrounded by a bunch of people who are doing crazy stuff, how do you feel, and how do you, how do you either keep yeah. up or how do you, how do you deal with that? I think. I mean, I feel instantly pressured to do something. Even like sometimes I have to take a step back and be like, why am I? What am I? Why am I pressured? But then I was also thinking, like in your analogy, okay, well, there's there's Australia, right? Which is everybody like it's like a crazy action-packed dangerous animal like competition so it would be like at the top of the the food chain in like a creative industry but then you have islands like iceland where there's like no predators there's like a bird there's like a sheep and a bird (laughs) you know and i mean i guess i don't i don't know i'm trying to figure out why so you so maybe you're a you're an arctic tern and you're like the most dangerous animal on the entire of Iceland. Right. I feel like my creative habitat is probably more like Iceland where I'm just like in a void. I do like like looking at the internet makes me feel like I'm in Australia. Yeah. Well, I suppose like the harsher <laughs> environment, like you would have to adapt to like, I don't know, sweat differently or like, I don't know, camouflage yourself differently to hide from other well, people. So like the harsher the environment, the more radical you have to be with how you're going to like protect or promote yourself, you know? I mean, I like right. that you said that you feel like like at home you're in Iceland and then in, on the internet you're in Australia because I think a lot of people feel like that because, again, you're you're up there with like, and I told you guys this before we started the podcast, every time I read one of those 30 under 30 things oh, I hate and they highlight like, you know, these people are doing it and then you're like, holy crap, and you look at everything a person has accomplished in a very condensed zone if it's like 30 under 30 in advertising or 30 under 30 in zine making, like it doesn't matter which or, you know, or just a group of top 10 something, something. It doesn't have to even be in a certain category, but the categorization of just like a clump of people excelling in a certain, not just a certain environment, even a certain small, like section of the something, section of the something, anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's isolated again when you look at it in the top 10 list or that, you know, uh, top 30 list. It's isolated from everything else. Um, yeah. And somehow someone has kind of curated this group of super so, powerful or super dangerous or super interesting or super smart yeah. or whatever the right. combination is, like this top 72. So and if you can be up on that list or you can come toe to toe with somebody on that list, then you're now you know, also at the top of the food chain. It's sort of that way. Well, what's your perception of that then? If you if you run into the, uh, one of the 72 most dangerous animals in Australia... <laughs> then I'd be dead. You would, <laughs> would be dead? Is that how you feel about like running the... into one of the top 10 most creative advertising people <laughs> I, or something? I think if I was, if my, if I was an animal and I had a surviving trait, it would be the one that plays dead like the possum so 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 it doesn't get attacked and then quickly hides away like does that i would is that how you like when you see a person that you admire on the internet do you just curl into a ball on the floor i mean i would i just i don't want to compete i don't want to compete i'd rather not i'd rather just like you just fall over but not compete you just have to serve you just have to survive in the in the same 
um, universe, I guess. Right. So it wouldn't be just like, just cause there's a, a stronger animal or like a more poisonous fish or something like that. Yeah, I can't doesn't mean it's poisons. even going to go in your direction. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, would you, would you curl up and die real quick? <laughs> Or would you? Yeah. What's your? What's everybody's uh, trait? What? What? Mine is the the playing dead. That's what I would do. Um, what's your surviving trait? I, I can probably coexist if I'm surrounded by, I don't know. What are you calling them? The apex predator predators or something? Yeah. yeah not like even it. the predators. Just the, you know, it's it's just a. I guess what I was trying to say is you could pick any number of you know, uh, world's best omnivores. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> or you could be like, top 10 birds in the Arctic Circle that eat nuts only. You know what I mean? Like, what do you, <laughs> what does it even mean? You get a top 10 something. And then, but if you ran into a cat, like a categorized group of special individuals, would you compete? Would you, would you hide? Would you? die i would continue <laughs> on course okay so you it doesn't really unless change they intersected if, if when i'm surrounded by you know a lot of times on the residencies and things like that i'm surrounded by like incredibly incredibly talented people it doesn't necessarily matter to me if we're surrounded by people in iceland and they're incredibly talented it doesn't affect me like it might affect some people i don't get as like seized up about being like oh god i can't screw up and i also am not like well, maybe it's inspired a to do anything more, really. Yeah, well, You're not maybe inspired it's a to difference. Do like if you were a comic artist and it was all your like comic heroes, maybe it would be different. But since they're from like, yeah, who are your heroes, Chris? No one. No heroes. What about Batman. okay? Okay, what about what <laughs> if about you were in a, in a residency with Batman? You'd <laughs> <laughs> want to punch somebody. Yeah, that'd be Batman. Cool. <laughs> so, what animal would you be then? What's your animal then? Or what's your trait? Maybe armadillo. Just t- just doing your own thing, I not competing ignore, with anybody. Yeah, that's I fine. Know. I feel like that's well, a good one. What would your What would but, your animal be? Your, I don't know be- what my animal is. Possum. I just I was yeah possum probably the one that plays dead. But I do I like the idea that Pillbug? like if there aren't any like weird stakes in it, it's fun to have like a challenge. I just like I dislike the feeling of I'm gonna use the internet because the internet's the best example. But like you go on and you instantly feel like all of a sudden you have unvoluntarily signed up for a competition yeah like i and i know that is a that's definitely a personal problem that's not like the internet's making me feel that way i have that feeling but i dislike it well that's why i was asking you guys about like how you feel about that so jenny it's same thing with you if you were surrounded by um a group of top somethings Mm -hmm. um what is your perspective and how would you interact with them I also feel similar to Chris. I think I would be like, wow, that's cool that you're doing that. But it doesn't really like relate to me unless it was directly tied to something I was also doing. What if everybody did the exact same thing that you did? Exactly. Well, then I'd probably feel really weird. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Would you be like, my friends? Or would you be like, my enemies? No, I think, I mean, in a class setting, like I think it's a little bit easier to think of as a class that you would spend more than like five minutes with you know yeah I do think in a class setting I am more competitive like you want to stand out amongst these people you understand what they're doing you understand what you're doing and it is different so it's like you're still white-tailed deer you're like fighting for your your own well it's like friendly competition where you're like 
we're all going to push each other to do better, but I still want to be towards the top of this like <laughs> doing better situation. You're like, but art. I was also imagining that like if I also had a animal power situation, animal instinct, you it were. would be I'd whip out my like instant friend magic <laughs> magic abilities and be like I'll just get along with you and let this thing pass instead of like whipping out some crazy like spike or weapon or teeth or something <laughs> like, like a, that. Like a lion's pride. Or yeah, like I would a... just be like, calm down and we'll go our separate but ways. But you would, but what, what, like, I guess what animal interacts with most other animals that way where you're kind of just Ants, like everybody's sloth, everybody's pal. <laughs> sloth. Sloths don't go in groups. Like, no. I don't know. Like, maybe <laughs> some birds. Bugs. <laughs> Maggots. <laughs> Jenny's face. Just ignore them. Yeah. <laughs> just something that people would be you're like, You're doing it I together. You. You're eating yeah. a carcass together. Yes. Or you're like, I yeah, see you. Yeah, you're both you at the watering hole. We're fine. fine. You're not and battling just, to the death. No, we're you're not, not pulling each other's death. antenna off. No, I'm. that's not what it's about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like, we got to do this. We got to get this carcass done. <laughs> get up in there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like... I, uh, I'm trying to figure out how I would actually feel about, I feel like you'd be the survivor one, (laughs) I feel like, you know, and maybe this is, maybe that's true. I think, I think in theory, I would like to think that I would be more like a bunch of maggots, but I think in reality, I might be more like a, jeez solitary bear (laughs) where I'm like I'm gonna eat this honey or this carcass or this fish and I'm gonna be okay with whatever birds or whatever around but I also probably gonna go off on my own and do something else in my own time but I do think I don't know if a bear is the best example then but you know I think it's interesting because I probably would depending on the day get intimidated by the differences of the other animals that could be around I think I do appreciate like how good people are in different things and sometimes if I'm feeling like I'm not doing enough or that I maybe could try something new you know or I've got got the ability to to make new tools maybe if I had more time or something like that like I think that at at those points I might feel a little intimidated by whatever else is happening but um, in a lot of ways, I feel almost looking at looking at a group of things, but from the outside. You know, yeah, I guess kind of analyzing I mean, or thinking or something. Yeah, some of this comes down to whether or not you are affected by, I guess, our peers and whoever that may be. It doesn't necessarily mean people your age. But just people who are in the same realm of what your interests are. Do you let those things? affect you or even it doesn't even matter about letting do you, are you affected like am i jealous like am i jealous not, that not I, get even, in the top I don't know maybe animals? Je- jealous is something but i don't even know if that is even because that's still even specific like like does it make you want to do something like because the thing is like i would like to say that i'm not affected by it but i know that i am when i, think, I see people doing stuff i want to do it too yeah no i i i i do often think about like I think I like considering what it might be like to do what somebody else is doing. I don't know how far that desire goes beyond just being like, man, that sounds really cool. 
that's amazing. And then I think about it for one second longer and I'm like, is that something I'd even want to do? And a lot of times I answer my own question and I'm like, well, maybe not. But I can appreciate what they're doing. Like, I think that's really cool. Also, I am a big fan of giving people credit for the things that they've worked really hard for. And I know some of those things are totally well-deserved. Like, like they should be recognized for the interesting things they're doing at wherever they are in their career. And so I, I do think that celebrating that and putting some kind of like winner's ribbon or something like that on, on what you're doing every now and again is important. Um, yeah, or like highlighting like apex predators or something <laughs> like that. I do think that's good because I feel like, again, you're calling to attention interesting things that people are doing And it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody else failed because you didn't make the 30 under 30 list. Like, that's not what that's about. No. I feel like most people just want to say, I want to highlight 30 great people. Doesn't matter what everybody else is doing because they're probably also doing interesting things. But these Mm -hmm. guys, let's look at what they're doing for a second. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, no, I think that's totally what it is. And I think it's just mistaken. Sometimes it can be mistakenly interpreted. As as in, like, everybody else did a bad job? Right. But it's not a... It's It's not. It's not. And the more that I, like, I learn about stuff, I am reading a book that kind of has to do with it. And I think, Jenny, you are as well. Uh Two different books. But it's this idea that you kind of are, like, nobody has the same path. So it'd be weird to compete, you know? Yeah. It's not not like every single human, the 30 best human beings. Right. And And there's billions of people who are under 30 and who are not on that list. Like, you're doing other things. Yeah. Yeah. You can't put everyone on there. No. (laughs) But it's but it is interesting to think about that and like how it might affect you and your perception of different things. And you know, we were talking about like all of these different kinds of concepts like, you know, what do you do with this kind of thing? So, okay, so I watched another documentary the other day where they were trying to observe the behavior of the great white shark. And in order to do that, people got in extremely compromising positions where they are, you know, throwing 5-gallon drum things of or 50 gallon drums of chum in the water and inviting chaos to their you know just so that they can see how these things work and I think what's interesting about that is again a person is coming from a perspective where they know a little bit about what these sharks are doing but they're trying to invite them into a territory that they're not normally in and to see how they interact with certain circumstances. And I think when you're talking about sitting on the internet, watching people do certain things or watching their behavior or watching how they're doing Inktober or watching how they're, you know, doing whatever, it's kind of how I feel about those where you're like, I want to see what this is all about. I'm interested in seeing how people, people decide what they're going to do within this like, you know, environment. Um, do you ever feel at risk by introducing yourself into an environment like that? Like the guys that are down there in their like wetsuits in a cage that's like <laughs> one particle thick, you know, in a water full of chum. Do you ever feel oh, like you're horrible. a victim or do you ever feel like you could be a victim? Do you ever feel like you're in the wrong place, that you shouldn't be there, that it's, you know, yeah, not it, your... It is like, Every time I put that tag on something, when I when I tag Inktober, I feel like I shouldn't do it because I don't deserve to do it. <laughs> I I do feel that way. I don't know why, but then I'm like, that's stupid. Stop being stupid. Are you there to observe, or are you there because you're morphing into a shark? <laughs> uh, I don't want. It. I don't know. I don't. Want, I don't know if I want to do either of those things. Are you there? Well, 
Okay, so I'm reading the the book I'm reading is Creativity Inc. and it is about the formation of Pixar. One thing that I really like about it is that the author, who is the president of Pixar, he seems to kind of have this continuing vision of what he wants to do. So even when other things are presented or things kind of get thrown in the path, he always goes back to like, well, the reason I'm here is because of this. And so whenever I'm doing a project like that, like if I if I decide, like I decided I was going to do October, it was less about, well, part of it's like the opportunity of like, okay, well, here is a 30-day challenge that everyone's participating in. Cool. I've got something to be held accountable for. But if I didn't have a good idea that I wasn't interested in, I wouldn't do it. Really? So I would, uh, yeah. So I, I probably would do something like this in a void. It just so happens that it also would be nice to coincide with what's going on. Yeah. So... Like that I thing I was talking about before, where everybody's everybody's in the same location doing the same thing. Yeah, everybody like it is a watering hole. Yeah, a little bit. I I think the best result personally, this is just my opinion. Um, I think the best results for something like Inktober is when everybody kind of has their own agenda, but then is all the same, they're all the same watering hole. I you know? think that's a great way to put that. I, I totally agree. I mean, I think that's really interesting, too, because then, again, you're seeing the differences of how people's visions are and, like, why they're there and, like, right. you know. I think it's that's really fun. cool. Like, I like to look at, like, um, one that I'm enjoying so far. I know it's, like, day two or three or whatever, but I super love Kevin Cannon's right now. I don't know if you follow him, but he's a comic artist in Minneapolis, and he's doing little like map icons of places in minneapolis so i'm i think he's specifically doing bookstores only is it bookstores okay so he did once upon a crime today it was so good that's great yeah nominate your favorite bookstore francesca yeah what's your favorite bookstore in minneapolis yeah Yeah. oh shoot let me think uh i like a lot of them subtext books i don't know if i that's the one below nine is oh okay yes i didn't even know how to name that's i like i like that one i was thinking for some reason in my head, even though I don't know if I'd say it's my favorite, uh, what is the one that's the psychic one? Yeah, present moment, it? man. That's, that's moment. the one that I would have said. That one's covered in all sorts of like hippie hippie vibes. I'm but, like, what is this craziness? All these books smell like delicious uh, pee. Pee? They don't smell like oh, pee. No. Delicious pee. <laughs> but but no, like, it's like, like it's cool that that idea. The fact that he's like he's picked the pee. specific thing that is really. It's very custom to what he does, and it's really fun to watch that because you know he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and you you kind of just wait for the next one, you know. Yeah, well, and I mean, I think that's nice. It's like a little series, and I feel like I, you know, we we're having Bowerbird coming up here too, and we're talking about the idea of curating a little collection, you know, or a big collection or a massive collection or whatever. And I think it is very telling about the person what you're collecting and you can start to see like a different side of things. So if he's doing bookstores, I mean, just his choice says a lot about, you know, him, or at least you imply a lot of things by, by being like, Oh, bookstores. Okay. You know? And so I think people's choices there are really interesting to watch. And I think that's really fun. It's funny that we've talked about a lot of these different attributes of like animals and nature and the cycles of life and all these types of things. I got one more for you guys. In our world of, of creativity, how do you think the concept of predator and prey works? And it could be anything. It doesn't have to be a person. It has. It could be a concept. I mean, not super literally, and I don't want to disparage on any of our clients, but it, it's a little bit like a client 
relationship where which one's which well it depends in in every interaction where you're trying to decide on like the scope and the budget and things like that everyone's trying to get the best deal for them and it kind of in some ways comes at the cost of the other person if you want more because you're like i'm worth it i demand more that's coming out of their budget which they might have set aside to do other things which is sacrificing some of the other other things that they might have been able to do with that budget Um, But at the same time, they only have a limited budget. They're trying to get the most they can. They might be trying to get, you know, they're always trying to cut corners and um, asking, you know, what if you just don't go ahead and do any of that? What if you just went straight to final or, you know, whatever? And in the end, it's just detrimental um, for your situation. And nobody wants to lose out on this ecosystem, but it is kind of predatory a little bit in some ways, especially... I know a lot of artists who have been taken advantage of and vice versa. I think that some clients get taken advantage of by... Um, what are those birds that go and they find nests of other birds and kick out all their eggs and then take their nests? What? They kick their eggs out even? Yeah. They I just go they and they just take old know. ones. Kicker birds. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Or or they, so they go and they lay their eggs in another bird's nest. On top nest, of another egg. <laughs> and then, they're, and then the, the smaller bird takes care of their babies and their baby grows up and eats everyone. <laughs> what? Oh Are you serious? Dude, that's like a lizard. Isn't it a lizard who lays its eggs in a bird's nest and then when the bird... The bird like hatches the eggs, and then the lizard is can have food I don't from know. the birds. I don't know. It could I, be. Whoa. I mean, there's lots things. of animals like that that take advantage, or like the the birds that hang out right by where the sea turtles are being born, and then pick them off as they're yeah. like being hatched. Oh yeah, yeah, they sure yeah. do. It's exactly like that. Yeah, yeah, I was actually. I don't know if this is the same as what you were saying about like predator and prey. I was more thinking of like when you are a predator of something, it's something you consume or like things. That's that you're what taking I mean. In. Yeah, not yeah. not in the way that where I'm just saying like you're you chasing are. after something i was actually thinking of anytime i mean this happens again and again but like anytime the first person discovers something or creates something or like since we were talking about inktober the first person who ever did inktober like good for them for starting it and then like everyone else jumps on Adapts top of it, it you know yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah or like the i don't know this is a horrible example but like the first person that comes up with like a math problem for something specific yeah. like a chemistry poem and then from now on it's just assumed Com- so like knowledge yeah so yeah. then like the younger and younger generations have an easier time doing things that might have taken somebody a lifetime to do right you know? that's i mean they can science. just like take advantage of it yeah that happens all the time in like math and science and stuff right. and so if well, like it's also like the purpose of math and math and yeah science. right but like if you, the thing that you're consuming you can do quicker and quicker and quicker like the people who are younger than you or like the future generations can do so much more in a lifetime than like you could have done or like say you're consuming a fish progress yeah like say you're consuming a fish that also consumed like bugs and whatever else before that like the fish had to do a lot of work to get to where it was and then you just quickly ate it you know so it's like one of those things where you're taking advantage of like the thing that you're consuming, how much work went into it to get to where it is, and then you just quickly consume it, like flicking through Tumblr or whatever else, and you're just like looking at images and images, even though it probably took people hours to make whatever they're posting, you know? Yeah. And I like that. I mean, I like the concept of, of consuming and then something else consuming something you've made. And yeah. I, I mean, I think that's, and that's what I was trying to get at with this and not you know, and maybe I should have rephrased it instead of being a predator, you know, but if you think about it, you're like, you're constantly on the lookout for something else to eat. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like that's, you just have to, to survive, you have to, you have to have inspiration. You have to see different things and you have to decide how that is going to sustain you. 
as an animal or as a creative person. And I think that's interesting that you say that because you're right. Every single thing that you consume has been created by the time and effort of whatever Something else. Right. Know, whoever else has been there. What's yeah. your perspective, Francesco? What do you consume and what do you think you create that others consume in a way that is like beneficial to whoever? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's. I mean, it's interesting with like something like Tumblr, the internet in general, but Tumblr I think is best for me, which is just like you were saying it, Jenny, I, I look at Tumblr frequently and I like everybody that I'm following is an artist and I just like, I know it took them a long time to make that artwork, but most cases I do just kind of scroll through. And then I am inspired after I look at all that, but it isn't like necessarily that I'm inspired by one person's vision. I'm inspired by the whole of it, you know, mm-hmm. like how much work there is. And like on one hand that can be de- kind of depressing or intimidating but on the other hand I usually feel like well time to make my thing and then there's like all these bits and pieces that are almost subconsciously affecting like like the things that I make it's so weird to to like if you make something and you step back for it for like for like say a month or something you have maybe enough time to look at it again or you've had enough time away from it to look at it again and say okay I can see every influence in here of course but usually when I'm making it I can't see it but I'll do that and I'll realize like how much of a product of this generation and the internet that I am. Like I'm extremely much a product of those things. And I can't I can't take that away, you know? Just well it's like, hard to separate it. I mean, I think we get we get a box of CSA stuff and you know, that's the crop crop share thing. I don't even know what CSA stands association. for. Association. I'm not sure if it's association. Crop I, association. I don't think so. <laughs> Crop share sure ASS. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But it's a box full of vegetables and it's all whatever was ripe at the time and local. Yeah. It's not yeah. flying in from wherever. I'm not getting a box of pineapples or something like that. I'm, I'm eating what's around me <laughs> in the climate that I'm in and I'm consuming whatever I can. And of course, you know, whatever nutrients I get out of that is exactly the product of what I've consumed. And I think that makes sense with inspiration. It's, it's, it is what it is. If you were in a different climate, if you're in a different place, not with no access to the internet, I'm sure you'd be walking around wherever you are consuming whatever you could in a different Mm way. And I think that's, what's really interesting about that. You know, it's, it's you can't separate it from who you are. Yeah. It's cool too, because like, well, immediately I think as a, maybe as a, egotistical artist my reaction would be to be like well I want to be different I don't want to be like everybody else but now I think it's actually a really good thing like it's this is you know you are part of, you are part of this bigger whole and for your work to be different or to to add something to the that's different to the mix then that just means well you need to go and kind of expand your experience so mm-hmm. like doing different things based on your outside interests like man I can't even tell you how awesome and how important that is. I I think that came up in sketchbook class a lot, which was, you know, go and do, I know Lindsay, when you taught the sketchbook class and actually Chris, you did too, it was, you would tell and you would take your students to different places. And I think that still is really important for everybody to do as artists. Get out of your like routine. Yeah. One minute. Yeah. Don't, don't basically don't only be influenced by your peers because like you want to be influenced by your peers. I think that's important and I think it's great. But you also want to be influenced by things that are not your peers. Like 
like go out and experience and meet other people that have nothing to do with like it's really my favorite is going out and realizing how small the internet community is or the artist community is you get outside and you actually are talking to other people and you're like you know what you don't we're not even a blip on the map of of like today you know let alone the whole world so you go out and you like this is weird but like today I'm going to a tea convention I'm really excited about it but it's gonna be funny because I'm sure everybody there is like in their own world that I've never experienced before Oh, I'm sure. You know, and that kind of stuff I think is really exciting because that that's what provides something different to your own world. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure. I was actually thinking of about a couple things, but as an artist, it's actually ironic, like creating things because you are creating it to be consumed. So it's not like you as a person, of course, you wouldn't want to get eaten by anything. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> like no. as a creative person, we're talking about ideas. You're creating it to be consumed. To be consumed, uh, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, like if nobody does, you'd feel kind of a, like yeah, sad about like it. your like your product is not worth it or something. Yeah, if it's or, not being consumed. I don't know. Maybe you don't feel that way, Francesca, because you do a bunch of secret sketching in your sketchbook that no, you may I, or may I not agree. show people. No, I agree. It's meant. It's. I think it is meant to be consumed. I think we're all consuming. That's what we are. (laughs) All consuming. We are carnivores. Well, it's funny that you were talking about like, I don't know, stepping outside your thing. I was picturing this water hole again. And you know how anytime you see an image of a water hole on a documentary, you see. There's like cranes and There's like like an antelope. Yeah, and a hippo and a lion. And they're all like drinking from the same water and giving each other eyeballs. And the only person that's doing anything is the alligator who's like, thank God somebody's here that I can eat. But all the other ones like make peace for a second so they could all get together and consume the same thing or like yeah. share from the same resources, you know? No yeah, matter, I like, do like what that. what stage they're at. Yeah. That's funny. I think that's, that's kind of I'm going to look around the next time we have an opening and see who's giving each other the eyeballs and where the alligator is. <laughs> I'll be like, which one of you is the alligator? <laughs> That's funny. I, anything I, that anything that's sense. downstairs. Downstairs per- in the basement? There's a person down there waiting. That's where the mouse is. There's one one mouse. So, mouse friend. Yeah, our mouse friend. So, well, I think this is a really good, like, set of analogies. It's funny because, you know, we we think about this stuff all the time, but it's it's interesting when you're like, what do I consume? What do I, you know, what do I nurture? What you know, what cycles am I giving to my future generations? And, you know, how does this work? And how does like the um, kind of the mass of, of, or our swarm, swarm of whatever get together. And it's funny because it does really echo a lot of the things that we see on a lot of those documentaries, but in a very different way. So thank you guys for listening to this one. But I also want to thank everybody who, is going to um, be a part of the Bowerbird exhibition. So we've got our nature themes coming up here for December, which I think will be really fun. Um, so where can people find us, Chris, if they want to hear more about all of the documentaries that we watch? Well, you can email us and ask us specifically at podcast at lightgrayartlab.com. You can tweet at us in a public forum on Twitter. We're at lightgrayartlab. You can uh, follow us on Tumblr, where we re-tumble a lot of the artist's works, sketches, all sorts of stuff, also upcoming shows, on lightgrayartgallery.tumblr.com. I'll remind everyone that our blog is now lightgrayartlab.com slash blog. So if you haven't um, taken a mosey over to the new blog, you should check that out. Similar to the old one, but more contained in the website. 
And um, you can subscribe to this show on the iTunes Music Store. Stream it directly on Stitcher Radio. And you can also uh, check out our Instagram, which uh, we've been updating regularly with sneak peeks of the Cosmos show. And that is username Light Gray Art Lab, I assume. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's our preferred, preferred thing. So, yeah, there's uh, lots of good content on there. I hope you guys um, come say hi to us. And I believe that's it. So thanks again, you guys, for listening to our conversation today. And we'll talk with you soon. Okay. All right. So, and then on the count of three, sing record. I'm not singing. I'm not singing. One, I'm not singing. Two, I'll clap. Three. Record. <laughs> you did a bad job, Francesca. <laughs> I'm not going to sing. Just say it. Say well, we it with a tune. Okay. Yeah. One, okay. two, three. Record. record. Oh, my God. <laughs> At the same time, I want, I want you to do it at the exact same time as me. Are you watching I can't me? Do it, Can you see me? One, two, three. Record. Are you really that leggy or is... No, I think she just... She doesn't want you to hear. We can't hear you because Chris is too loud. So just do do whatever he's doing. He's trying to sync you up here. One, two, three. Record. I can't can't do it at the same time. It's weird. I think I might have actually done it at the same time. All right, ready? We're going to clap. Ready? It's one, two, three. Clap. No. You said clap. I'm telling you what we're going to clap on. One, two, three. Uh, well. No, no. You can never be in a rhythm band, Francesca. One, two, three. No, no.